Poetry On Air with Sheboygan Poet Laureate Lisa Vijos. I'm Lisa Vijos, and this is Poetry On Air, a program of Mead Public Library in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Today, I want to share a new anthology with you. It's just out from the Wisconsin Fellowship of Poets and Bent Paddle Press. The book's called Sheltering with Poems, Community and Connection During COVID. In this book, you'll find, I think there's something like 84 poems by 79 different poets, Wisconsin poets, all bringing their poetic sensibilities to the topic of the pandemic. It's really, it's just a moving collection of observations and wishes and hopes, some despair, sometimes joy, all the things that have been with us in this very strange time that we're not quite done with just yet. Well, the book begins with a foreword by Wisconsin's former poet laureate, Max Garland. And at the beginning of his his text, he quotes the author... Toni Morrison. And here's what Toni Morrison wrote. Uh, She said, this is the time for every artist in every genre to do what he or she does loudly and consistently. This is no time for anything else than the best that you've got. And I read that and I thought, that's, wow, I don't know what time exactly she was referring to, but we, we are certainly in another time that very much needs all the writers and poets and dancers and painters and playwrights and everyone, people who knit and sew, to just do their best and to, to share their expression with the world. So, so anyway, let's dive in to this book. I want to start with a poem called Shelter by Sharon Oberly. And her poem starts with an epigram from the Talmud, which says, Every blade of grass has an angel which which bends over it and whispers, Grow, grow. I took the daffodils from the side of the road where no one, I thought, would appreciate them, placed them in a handmade vase, in their tight buds on a cool April afternoon to watch them open, offer the flagrant joy of their bodies to my winter-starved eyes. This morning, they are still tightly closed in morning sun, which slowly disappears into a cold white sky and mischievous snowflakes now taunt their tender bodies. Whatever keeps them sheltered in their sturdy coats Whatever it is that keeps them strong must surely be the same thing. A green angel, perhaps, that also keeps me safe, able to wait out this hard season. So that was a poem from Sharon Oberly. This book was um, put together, as I mentioned, by the Wisconsin Fellowship of Poets um, with a managing editor, Christina Kubasta, and um, a group, a team of, an editorial team that included, that was Bruce Duffleson, um, Angela, make sure I get the names right, Bruce Duffleson, Kathleen Surley, and Angela Voras-Hills. 
the book, um, the beautiful cover was designed by Wendy Vardaman, and, and there's also some illustrations that, that accent the book. So, all right, back to the poetry. This next poem is, is by Jody Murad Curley, and it's called Pandemonium. Excuse me, it's called Pandemimonium. It's always something, the furnace, the stove, the toilet that runs on, the car that doesn't. The dog gets sick, the cat goes missing, the child seems fine, but who can really know? Trees blow down in storms, clocks stop and freezers melt, date books disappear. Hot worry spills into the urgent crack of dawn. We hurry like we still have plans, although we have nowhere to go. Each time we reinvent ourselves, we learn again. Our new work is to wait. Let the calendar drop its pages. Let the phone lose all its charge. Let the passwords pass away as the clouds drift by above our heads. Let us stop. We are trying to remember how to breathe. All right. The next poem by Bruce Deflison. It's called The Sign. My mother at the window watched to make sure my walk home from school was safe. At the window she watched. She said, in case the polio came, she watched for signs to see if I needed snow boots, a raincoat, a warm hat. At the window now she watches me hold up the sign Nate and I made. Mom, Grandma, we love you. Here's a hug, two hugs. It's about the virus. We can't go inside the home. She can't come out. She has the dementia. She turns to the nurse. I think there's someone out there, she says, with some kind of sign. I thought that one was quite poignant. Here's another one. This one by Catherine Gall. It's called For Crying Out Loud. The ICU, now a COVID ward, and from behind masks, nurses swim against the tide, gasping for air, begging supplies as they check flow rates, maintain tidal volumes, measure oxygen percent. Day in and day out, after the noon and darkest night, there dawns a healing touch through gloves, voices coated with empathy, but it is their tears, their tears, that bathe the breathless. All right. This next poem is, I thought it was a lot of fun because um, the poet Annette Langlois-Grunseth takes some of the new terminology that we've all come to use and uh, described definitions for these, these different phrases. Uh, her poem is called Vocabulary Gone Viral. Community spread has nothing to do with bread or your lunch. Shelter in place does not refer to a rainy family camping trip. Airborne droplets are not skydivers in your backyard. Social distancing is not your awkward junior high dance class. Super spreader has nothing to do with agriculture. 
contact tracing is not an art project. Flatten the curve is not a new workout program. PPE is not what it sounds like. Self-isolation is just another writing day for poets. Caution fatigue is forgetting the mask and accidentally touching your face. Curbside pickup is now legal and often required. Virus graph is the best application of exponential since high school algebra. Zoonotic spillover. Did this plague jump to us from bats or chickens? Herd immunity, that day when most of us have been infected or inoculated. Homeschooled kids are now cool. Masks are a safety tool, not a criminal act. Zoom has nothing to do with speed or travel. Hangout, house party, are not parties. Quarantine is not a chocolate drink, but a quarantini might offer temporary relief. New normal. Was there ever normal? We are dying to hug our family and friends. Numbers have gone viral, too. Fourteen days become magic. Six feet apart is better than six feet under. Everyone is counting, counting new cases, counting tests, counting the dead, counting on the vaccines. This next poem is by the poet Dasha Kelly Hamilton, who is the current uh, Wisconsin Poet Laureate. And um, we hope we'll have her on Poetry on Air in, in a few weeks, so listen for that. But for today... We've got her here in her poem, Creatives. The fathers have been wrong. Neither wits nor years have been wasted, loosely spent, perhaps, scattered and prayed over. Rejoice the harvest. Turns out the mothers were right about rainy days, though, about positioning barrels under the sky, about dreams plummeting and evaporating. Curse the drought. Never mind the second cousins. Supervisors, in-laws, pew-mates, classmates, the warm-hearted ex, unconvinced and unimpressed, ever concerned under the breath, condescension is a learned language, ill-fitted for the expanse of their genuine affections. Cherish the village. Gather the creatives, muscles taut from bending humanity into open windows and carpet rides. Harness our wattage of will, carrying narratives from the perimeter into conversation centers. We vibrate with imagination, with abandon, reverence, and arduous hope. Honor our breath. All right. One, let's see. We've got a few more before the break. Um, this one by Heather Hanlon. It's called Hot Rain Number 3. I saw the heartbeat of my baby from behind a face mask without a partner. My husband watched through his phone and couldn't make out the new sound or image. The heartbeat looked playful and pretend and felt similarly pretend since there was no one to tell, 
in fear of miscarriage, and no one to see in fear of COVID-19. But there we were, two of us, in a body, curling our fingerprints around what we can touch and learning to wait piece by piece, cell by cell, blood by blood, for the next small thing to change. Let's see. All right, this one is called On Learning That the Words Crisis and Sift Are Related. I picture my mother's hands and the silver mesh sieve. She was not a meticulous cook, but occasionally she took the time to sift flour. Big lumps remained, could not pass through. That's the point, she told me. Only that which is willing to be broken down gets through. Heartbreak, infection, isolation, they sift us. What matters falls in. On a walk, I see a neighbor. Hungry to hear each other speak, we discuss books at a six-foot distance. Our children call. In the afternoons, I drive out to see birch trees, fields in thaw and ice breaking up in the harbor. The gulls have returned. While my husband reads the recipe to me, I mix scones. We laugh when the blueberries spill. I memorize psalms. He plays guitar. I read. What does not matter does not make it through. So let's take a break, but don't go away. There's much more to come from the new anthology, Sheltering with Poems. Hi, this is Lisa Vijos, and we're back with Poetry on Air. Today I'm reading selections from the new anthology, Sheltering with Poems, Community and Connection During COVID. And uh, let's just jump right back in. Um, This first poem I'm going to read is by Marianne Hurt. It's called Shape Shifting in Pandemic Time. No longer rushing out the door, Primed for a day of responsibility and decorum, we slide into mourning, more intent on wood ducks and daffodils. My friend tours her backyard dressed only in bright bird red. Some might think it's a robe covering early spring cold, but she knows better. Today, she is giant cardinal, just moseying along, slipping into a different life, where knowing light and finding a few seeds are all that matter. Here's a, here's a short little poem by Lucy Rose Johns called COVID Isolation. I am afraid I will morph into a garden gnome, stuck voiceless in a cement head, unable to reach out and touch, betraying my anxiety and fear with a sickly sweet smile. Let's see, next, um, one by Laura Keller. It's called Fluid Dynamics. When a runner spits in my path, physics hikes my attention. 
I calculate the trajectory of his viscous exhalation. Am I a goner? Gravity probably inhales the globs, a nearly plumb line of dribble. But the splash of the splash is a sine, cosine, tangential nightmare. Even scientists cannot parse the trigonometry of COVID's wanton molecules, the electron orbitals, the displacement of air, of light, its quantum hunger for me. Uh, this one um, is, is by a poet named A. He Lee, and it's called This Month, and the title keeps repeating throughout the poem. So it begins, This month, panic wiped out all the toilet paper in the country. My husband and I have three rolls left. We hunt. We succeed after four tries, different days and locations. We finally find two single-ply rolls at a Walgreens and are humbled by the joy. I tell him I don't understand. I thought this was a first-world country. You are wrong, he says, clearing a strand of hair from my cheek and replacing it with a kiss. This is a third-world country with a few who are very, very rich. This month, my parents, aunt, and in-laws in Korea think of us. A package of scolding for not being prepared enough. A package of hand-drawn diagrams for hand-sewn masks. A package of fashionable gingham cloth masks and filters. The U.S. government thinks of us, too. They close visa offices and store away green cards. But it doesn't affect you anymore. You're okay, a friend says when I tell her what's happening. I want to say, yes, you're right. I want to say, our pasts, our futures are those people we call strangers. I want to say, everything will be all right. This month, the toilet paper is back in stock. The university has sent out its email about reopening. At the lake, at the park, inside stores, naked mouths. I place an arm over my husband's sleeping shoulder tonight as well. He'll go work at the supermarket tomorrow again. I squeeze my eyes shut as if the strength of my prayer depended on the sincerity of my eyelids. It's been a while since I've stopped praying for safety. I ask for courage, for neither of us to stop at sorrow. It's not like I don't understand this kind of fear, the fear of naming a pandemic into reality. I too have veiled myself with the dark side of my hands to hide from myself. But like this, how do we heal? I pull a chair to the window. This is the fifth sunrise I've seen this month before exhausting myself back into bed. In this early hour of spiders remaking their nets in defiance of yesterday's rain, the clouds wrap their soft mouths around pale vermilion lights and flare. It's so holy, it hurts. Let's see. Next. I think um, a short poem by C.J. Muchala called July 4, 2020. Village fireworks canceled. Crowds canceled, too. We sit on the stoop, you and I, sans family, sans friends, making do with thunder, moon, and fireflies in this unnatural night. This one by Katrin Talbot. It's called Singer, 1933. And when the poem 
mentions she right at the beginning. The she is the singer sewing machine, okay? So singer, 1933. She's still flexing those pre-war muscles, her piercing hum, her panther eyes. She's sewn her ways through many wars, uniting the pieces, the populations. And now, with my version of my grandmother's hands, I begin to stitch through this one against the tyrannical corona, mask after mask, to protect, prevent, a seam at a time, humming. Um, let's see. This next poem is by Tad Fippenwenty, and it's called Quarantine Hair. He is fond of his hairdresser and hopes she is doing well, but he's letting it grow, he said. She always cuts the sides a little short. I like how his hair begins to tower up like a wave bending to the silvery perfection of a TV evangelist from 1985, and I expect a sermon or a sale, and that's usually when he goes in to sit in the chair and chat about the children, while she returns him to a casual yet distinguished gentleman of the 20th century. But this time, the weeks tick by. He's letting it grow, he says, and I watch the wavy white stand in brilliant light, rising daily like a griffin's wise head or Poseidon's trident fingers loosing new snarls. His hair is of the sea, peeling back the years to salty surfer and beach tan, free with possibility, decades rolling away to our first dates, 1970s when we wore denim dreams to mark our worldview. I watch white hair wave upward, glowing, the man growing younger like some Dorian Gray, and I wait to see how his hair will decide to flow long again, how his youth will take me with him, the two of us in silver-white ponytails, the two of us riding nowhere. I want to share, I have I have two poems in this book, actually. I'm very honored to be in the book, and the one I want to share with you is, is called Show Yourself Mercy. In the time of sorrow and grieving, show yourself mercy. In the time of curbside pickup, remote learning, and remote working, show yourself mercy. In the time of PPE, essential workers, ventilators, and hospitals with no more beds, refrigerator trucks, and too many bodies, show yourself mercy. In the time of strange questions, what day is this? What month? Which mask shall I wear today? Who are those maskless people on the beach? Show yourself mercy. In the time of utter confusion, of furlough, eviction, and false remedies, of school or no school, and who decides? When the first person in your friend circle tests positive and you wonder, when will I get sick? Show yourself mercy. In the time of complete uncertainty, when no one can say when this will end, when will this end? With an election coming that will seal our fate for decades, when our own government is hell-bent on suppressing the vote and on beating, tear-gassing, and carting off peaceful protesters in unmarked vans, show yourself mercy. In the time of daily walks through your neighborhood, serenaded by birdsong, wind chimes, and the patter of squirrel feet, Greet your neighbors and be delighted by warm sun on your face. Look to the paper hearts bursting on windows and a message from the quarantined child in all of us. Can we go into the out yet? Be ready to stand firm for loving kindness. 
and show yourself mercy. I'm going to read one last poem. It's the last poem in the book, and it's kind of a lovely way to end. The poem is by Beth Ann Workmaster, and it's called, These Days I Want Butter. This is no time for dry toast, the naked baked potato or bowl of skinny oatmeal. I want tiny rivulets to fill the nooks and crannies of my Thomas's English muffin. I want the slick of salt and sweet to give shine, give gleam to the bite of life as it is now, to pool around kernels of sweet corn the crunch and pop of each languorous bite a respite. I want to lick my lips slowly, coat my tongue before swallowing. I don't want the whole stick, not even the fat pat. What drips off is wasted, goes overboard, only to stain the tablecloth. But let's be clear, I need enough, enough to yellow this moment to a to golden, a pause, tenderize this sticky dough of anxiety and uncertainty. I mean, this morning I added dabs to my pancakes and watched as their hue deepened with the loss of their grip on solidity. While maple syrup swirled the slick on my plate, the radio's news slipped down more easily than yesterday. Blessed be the butter. Well, there you have some poems from Wisconsin Poets pondering the pandemic. Well, that brings us to a close for today. We've been reading from Sheltering with Poems, Community and Connection During COVID. For more info about the book, uh, visit the Wisconsin Fellowship of Poets website at wfop.org, and right on the homepage, you'll see you can scroll down, see a link about the book. And if you'd like to reach out to me, Lisa Vihos, to give me any feedback about the show or suggest ideas for future guests or topics, you can reach me at poetlaureatesheboygan.com at gmail.com. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Poetry on Air. You have been listening to Poetry on Air, hosted by Sheboygan's Poet Laureate, Lisa Vihos. Questions or comments can be directed to Lisa at poetlaureatesheboygan at gmail.com. Poetry on Air is produced in the studios at Reed Public Library in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. More information on the web at meadpl.org.